0: This is Randy. Welcome to the Grolix Podcast. Today
1: we're joined
0: by a special guest, Dustin Smothers of the Pro Wrestling
1: Iowa Podcast. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to be on the show for the first time, Randy. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to talk about Westworld. Yeah, yeah,
0: I'm excited too. And it's having you on to talk about insert series here has been kind of something, you know, we've been dancing around for a while, but then you you finally got through Westworld. And we're pretty pumped about it, and um, yeah, I'm glad glad you wanted to talk about it.
1: It was just one of the best television experiences I've ever had. And I, I don't know if I benefited or not from watching it all in one giant lump together over the course of three days, but it hooked me from the very first opening cue of the music, even of the show, the theme of Westworld. It's one of those shows that usually if you watch on Netflix or Hulu, maybe you'll skip through the intro to it. I never did that. I love that song. It sets up the show perfectly. And their use of music, all the little hooks of Westworld is it the best show of all time. I'm nowhere near boisterous enough to say that, but it's definitely the best show I watched in 2016.
0: First, first I'll lead with a spoiler warning. We're going to talk about everything, I think. Yes. I think we'll do full-on spoilers. So if you have not watched Westworld, and Jesse, if you're listening to this in the future, this includes you. If you have not watched Westworld, <laughs> do not listen to this episode. Just put this, put this on the back burner, uh, go watch Westworld and come back to it at a later time because
1: it's you a have show. Amazon, if you have Amazon prime, you can get a free month of HBO go. Yeah. There you do go. Yourself a favor, do it.
0: Yeah. It's, it's definitely a show. Like it's not fun to be spoiled on any show, but it's a show that benefits from not knowing where it's going for sure. Mm-hmm. There are definite spoilers that
1: I think would detract from the show a little bit. Oh, absolutely. The journey would not be the same at all if you knew what was coming. It's the kind of show that, and I haven't
0: done a second watch through, but it's the kind of show that I imagine the second watch through, and I've heard people talk about this is it's a very different experience because of what, you know, later in the season, in the season,
1: you know? Um, oh yeah. Well, and one thing, um. And we'll get into, obviously, the the premise of the show, but right off the the bat, I love television, and I pride myself on being able to to think broader and kind of see things for where they're going. This show had me so confused, I actually had to safely Google after about three or four episodes, questions early episodes of Westworld. Because I thought I was missing things, but then you find out the show is done in that nature Mm -hmm. to actually present it to you from the perspective of the hosts or the robots, which blew my mind right off the bat. And that's when I said, all right, just let go and let it entertain you. Stop asking so many questions and just enjoy the ride. And I loved every second of it.
0: Now, I wanted to jump back and you mentioned the intro music, something I found at first, now the, the music during the show, they use some, some very, there's very interesting musical selections during the show, but the intro music was at, it was one of those things that almost grew. It didn't hook me right away. It kind of grew on me. I want to say two or three episodes in, I was like, you know what? This is by the, the composer that did the Game of Thrones theme, but I was like, it doesn't have that Game of Thrones theme appeal because the Game of Thrones theme, it's the, Dun, dun, that's dun, awesome. dun, dun, dun. like and <laughs> yeah. it's something where it's like you were saying with this show where every time i'd start a new episode of game of thrones i was excited for the intro like you know i enjoyed it every time i
1: didn't skip past it and i commented sopranos was like that too i think i'm trying oh, to think yeah. of other shows that were like that sopranos was like that um weeds i enjoy the, the weeds they turned the intro into an event They every did. week was a different was a different theme song but no i think that that is the first step into making something iconic is having that distinguishable theme, even like House of Cards. I watch the theme to that every time. I really it gets me very in the mood and the mindset of the show. It, and with this show, I think I
0: want to say is I had mentioned and I watched this week to week on HBO now. Um, so I got the different, ex- I got the other version of the uh, watching experience. I didn't get a binge it, but I commented on it and was kind of like, well, you know, that's kind of the problem. It doesn't have the hook theme. Like it's just not quite up to par. And I think that got me thinking about the theme. And then the next week when the episode started, I was listening to it and I was like, you know what? I was totally wrong. Like, it grew (laughs) on me. Like, I think I got myself thinking about it. And then I paid more attention to it. And I was like,
1: this is a kind of a great theme. Well, just the imagery is awesome. Oh, yeah. Uh, the horse, uh, they're creating the horse. I think that was just – there's so many things about this show that blew my mind. The fact that the the buffalo and the horse and the, the bird and all of these things are artificial. The flies may even be artificial for all I know. It, and I think that's the overarching theme is what was real and what's not. You, it challenged your reality of your own life. It challenged you to think about your own loop. Uh, this mm-hmm. show really made me think about my own life. Uh, And a show can make me think inward as well as outward and think about their universe, but also mine. That's when, you know, they're doing something right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think it's, uh, that's, that's a good point. Like part of what I, I appreciate is like, they obviously put a ton of thought into this and I think it's an intelligent show without being pretentious necessarily, but also without leaving everybody behind. I think the confusion, what's confusing about it is the way the story is, is set out it's not necessarily the themes the themes are interesting and intelligent and and i agree like it is confusing the first way through but it's because of how they put the story it's intentionally confusing Mm -hmm. which i guess could be i don't know it just builds up to these these twists that work so well like even the things that you kind of like question throughout the season where you're like i don't know Where is this going? Or I don't know about this. Or that doesn't make sense. Like, it feels like a plot hole. When they finally bring it all together, like, it makes all that stuff
1: like, (laughs) oh, yeah, exactly. (laughs) It is so good. I think this was the best season of television HBO has put out since True Detective. For me. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. First season of True Detective was great. Second season was what made me cancel my HBO Now
0: account. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I, I fell off the second season, like, right away. First season, I agree, though, was was amazing okay so this started right when like all the new seasons of stuff started the flash and and walking dead and all that and i found i was watching it the nice thing about the hbo now i think it was hbo now app we have is um it goes on the app as soon as it like the the night it airs so you don't have Mm -hmm. to you don't have to wait and i found myself like so sunday night every night we'd watch that and then like monday tuesday roll around and there'd be like a new flash and i'd be like kind of wish there was a new Westworld world <laughs> around. like it almost it, everything else i was enjoying it almost like it was so good it almost knocked everything down a peg to where it took away my enjoyment of those a little bit i was
1: like oh man but Westworld is the show that will make you hate all other shows is <laughs> good uh the cat i think the cast is the reason for that though i mean there was i the moment i saw that um Ed Harris and Anthony Hopkins were in this show. Uh, Even Jeffrey Wright. I've grown to really love his work lately. And Sandy Newton was awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some of these actors had to, uh, some of the actors that were hosts really had to have, you think about it. It's probably harder to act that stiff than to be natural.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And well, and some of those scenes where there are, where they're kind of running analysis on the, on the, on the hosts and stuff where, They'll go, they'll have to like go from, and I want to say the, uh, Dolores, Evan, Rachel Wood did this, had to like do this scene a lot where she'd be emotional and they'd be like, okay, you know, deactivate emotional response or whatever. And then she would just, yeah. boom, go, go cold. And yeah. I would think that'd be kind of, that'd be hard for sure.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: What was your, what was your favorite character? Oh, that's tough. That's tough.
1: You know what? I take it back. That's not tough. Bernard. Yep. That's exactly what I was going to say. the The story of Bernard is you're you're Bernard. Yeah, yeah. Really, when you think about it, you are Bernard because you're the one that thinks you're real, and then you have your reality broken. And if you let this show take over you and you invest in it, it makes you ch- it challenges your own perception of your reality as well. And I they just they they executed this so well. Spoilers we sh- we should we should get it. Bernard's story is incredible.
0: Yeah. Again, if you have not watched it and you're listening to this, like I hate to turn people away from the show, but put it, put it on the back burner. Don't, don't listen to this. Come back later. Um, Check out the show. It's, it's good. And I do want to specify Bernard is definitely my favorite character, but not Arnold, you know okay. what I mean? Arnold, yes. Arnold kind of seemed like a jerk. <laughs> yes. And yes. Bernard had such a, and what's interesting is at the same time we were watching this, we're watching Boardwalk Empire, which um was a another former yeah. HBO show. And I had not watched it before. And we were in the season in which that um, Jeffrey Wright plays uh, Dr. Narcisse. He's a character in Boardwalk <laughs> Empire. So we're watching both sh- both shows alternating, you know, at the same time. And I hated him in Boardwalk Empire. Did not like him. <laughs> but then we'd watch this and he's my favorite character because he's had such like a likable quality to him. So that's a testament to to Jeffrey Wright's acting, right there. Mm-hmm.
1: The we I, we've got to. Well, should we go through the show, or should we just start talking about different things and just like theories? And what I mean, I guess I don't want to hijack your show. I'm so excited.
0: <laughs> no, it's okay. Now I don't know. Like we don't necessarily have to go episode by episode, but I do want to touch on the first episode because I mean, as okay for me coming to the show, and this will be it'll be interesting to get this take from you too. But for me coming. T- to the show. I was a fan of the movie from the 70s. I think it's 73. I could be wrong, but the Westworld movie, um written and directed by Michael Crichton. I seen that when I was very young. I don't remember how old, but um it was just always a movie that I enjoyed uh and I've seen it many times. So I was excited for the series. Once I heard, like when I heard they were going to make a Westworld show, I was kind of like, uh that could be interesting. And then I heard it was going to be HBO and I was like, I'm on, I'm totally on board (laughs) and the little trailers, the little teasers they, they put out kind of like was very intriguing, had me even more on board. I was like, obviously this is a little bit different, but it, it looks good. And so the first episode is kind of important as like, obviously as a new viewer, but the pilot episode does some really interesting things because I think it right away they're sub they're subverting your expectations because it almost starts off as like more of the light heart not more of the slightly light-hearted western where um there's this like love story you're following this guy you're like okay yeah you know, like if if you're familiar with the movie at all you're like here's our human character going for his like vacation in Westworld, yeah. world and and you know he's got a little love story thing playing out but and then the man in black shows up, and <laughs> and so from my point of view, in the original Westworld movie, there's a, I mean, robots malfunction, but there's a central robot who almost takes like a The Terminator role. In fact, I the, I want to say Westworld inspired The Terminator, but he's he's a cowboy in black. It's Yul Brenner, and he's kind of like this central robot that hunts the main character down. So this show did this like brilliant thing of sub subverting that because you've got the man in black. Also, I didn't know the cast going into this, like Ed Harris shows up and I was like, what? What? (laughs) It's Ed Harris and he's just evil. And you're like, okay, I see where this is going. And then it takes that really dark twist. And you're like, wait, the man in black is the human. And this guy was a host. Yeah. Just, and that's your first episode
1: just blows, blows your mind. And so I was on board right away. Well, in, in the whole, like, everything you thought you knew, this is the perfect show that does the, everything you thought you know, you have no idea. And every time you get one answer, you, you have 12 questions, mm-hmm. essentially. And the show presented so many ideas. The photograph, you think that that photograph is relatively new. Obviously, you find out later it is not. <laughs> that photograph is 30 years old. There are so many moments in the show and that that first episode really sets the stage and plants your idea and your perception of what the universe is. And then they shatter that for nine episodes straight after that.
0: Switching the, switching the main focus from the humans to the hosts, I think was a brilliant move watching this, like, and then just thinking about video game NPCs. Mm -hmm. I was fascinated by that aspect. And that's definitely something that the writers and, um, producers kind of took influence from uh i want to say it's what's his name jonathan fallout oh yeah well they said fallout 4 was like their big inspiration for this and the bethesda games make a lot of sense because i mean grand theft auto and like red dead redemption that kind of makes sense but the bethesda games the npcs Mm -hmm. very much act more in a loop like an identifiable loop and i definitely see the inspiration pulled from just the way that behave, that, like they behave in those games, for like how the the
1: storylines in the park here work. Yeah, well, and and that's I think the really cool thing too is that when this show starts, you don't understand how the loops work, and so you're just constantly you're you're unsure if somebody's on their loop or if they're being pushed in a certain way, mm-hmm. what's real and what's not. I mean, even with the characters you're never truly sure at one point you're given reason to not trust anymore. If someone's a host or if someone's a guest or if someone is actually a human employee of uh, Mm -hmm. the organization, it every episode, I felt like they, they pushed you in one direction and then it ended up becoming, they almost were playing cat and mouse with you uh, almost as far as the show and what, what the true deep meaning was with it. I just, I love a show that challenges my expectations. And I think that's, something severely lacking anymore. We've gotten used to the superhero genre of it being, you know, X character versus, you know, Y and they do this, they do that. And it's, it's a happy ending at the end. This with, sky with the, yeah, sky the sky beam. Don't forget the sky beam, the Skybeam pointing <laughs> up this just, it opened up so many questions and I, I just, I think it really is probably one of the best shows of the last
0: decade. Which is saying something, because it's there's stiff competition. Television is really good now. Mm-hmm. And and not to say there's not bad television. Of course there are there is, but television's been really good for a while. And uh HBO, man, like definitely pushes the envelope. Like this raises the bar. It's kind of like what I was saying earlier, where it's like the other shows I was enjoying, I kinda got less enjoyment
1: because it wasn't Westworld. Like it raises the bar. Mm-hmm. When I think it's, it's. I feel like it's universally praised right now. I don't know a whole lot of people who see it and don't like it. Um, I I watch a lot of. I read a lot of different things, and the only person I think I've seen totally be negative about it was uh, Josh McCuga from Collider. Mm-hmm. And everybody's entitled to their own opinion, and I don't fault him for that at all. But I really think he's misguided on that and doesn't see the bigger picture. There are some people that said they they figured out some of the the reveals. And well, that's fine. I don't think that takes the enjoyment out of mm-hmm. it. But I think that you should pat yourself on the back for that. I mean, it still should be shocking and it should be a moment. I got to bring up a moment. Like it literally to me is the watershed moment of this show. And I realized that I was, this was special was when uh, Bernard and Teresa go to the cottage, mm-hmm. uh, probably episode five or six, somewhere in there. And Bernard's taking her there to show her the family that Dr. Ford uh, has kept out there uh-huh. uh that are that are mimicked after his own his own childhood when they walk up to the cabin and he said and she says why isn't this on our maps it's because we have the host survey and their program not to see it they don't see things that could harm their reality or their th- their their thought on the reality and they walk into that cabin and she says what about behind this door and bernard says what door yeah i stood up i stood up in my living room and i was just like no And I was like, you know, you've got to be kidding me. And they go downstairs and they look at that paper, the schematic essentially of him. And he's like, I don't see anything here. And then they turn around and Ford's there. And it was just, I've never been so unaware something was coming. I, I loved it. I had, okay. So I had suspected
0: that's where they were going, but it's, I I don't feel like that was like, I don't feel like I guessed it and it was ruined. Like, hearing you talk about it just now i kind of got goosebumps again because it's it is such a good moment because even if you suspect that's confirmation and it
1: was done in such like a um such a cool way this show you had to pay attention Mm -hmm. there's many shows i can watch and do something on the computer do some editing do whatever i can do with with westworld i had to give it my undivided attention because little things like that like that's a breadcrumb that if you're not paying attention you're going to get confused like, why was that? You know, you're not going to know that he drops that one little line about the host not seeing things. And then, boom, they hit you with that.
0: Well, and earlier at some point in the series, I, I want to say it's when um, Dolores is the, the host that was originally Dolores's dad found the picture and got started to get all upset about it. Um, he obviously recognized that it was something unusual, not that didn't belong in like his concept of reality. And she, he showed it to her and she said, I want to say twice she said it doesn't look like anything to me like that yep. specific line and when uh what was her name um was it Elsie? No no
1: no. The programmer or do Teresa, you mean the Teresa.
0: Teresa, yes. When she shows Bernard the um I might be getting names mixed up but when she shows Bernard the schematics for for him he says that exact line it doesn't look like anything to me and oh, he does yeah and the door thing had already confirmed it but then just to throw that on top of it again it's just like ooh man that was good yeah oh uh, without question the thing that really tipped me to towards the bernard reveal it was one thing where i was like this is either just like interesting uh, symmetry in the writing or this is a big clue but the episode where they um establish what do they call it cornerstone memories yes yes and they they establish it for the hosts and they like implant one or however program one into a host and explain it to your character or explain it to the viewer basically you know there's there's these cornerstone memories is the same episode in which we find out about bernard's um pat his son and that's obviously i was like that's either just them like having fun with the writing or that's a huge clue right there
1: Mhm mm-hmm. no and I think um what's interesting for me, and it's been a while with a show like this, I usually will jump on board or you know you'll you'll watch it on television with everyone like a true detective i did i I, I jumped in and got the subscription and watched it with everybody this i I think that I would have made the jumps and gone to the conclusions if I had more time to think about it. I just went bam bam, bam through these episodes, and it was really interesting that that can really change the the way you enjoy a show because you have, you know, we we live in a culture where we discuss. We're having, we're on this podcast right now talking about it. I, I love talking about it and I love listening to people talk about it. Um, but we, we did I didn't have time to dissect it with everybody for an entire week, you know. And I I it was interesting to do that with such a major show uh, like The Walking Dead. It'd be really interesting to watch to me The Walking Dead in a vacuum and watch it in like a ten hour span mm-hmm. and not have an entire week to talk with everybody you know about it. And I think that's, uh, it's, it, I would love to see more Uh, more comparison of how people view a show based on if they binge it or if they watch it live, because I think it does play into their enjoyment.
0: I do know, okay, so that's kind of interesting, just a slight, I guess, a slight derailment. So you mentioned The Walking Dead. Now, for the most part, I've watched the whole series, actually, I'm kind of behind this season, I'm way behind this season, but I've watched up to that point, every season, pretty much week to week. Mm-hmm. And that's a show where if you don't catch it, when it airs, you got to start tiptoeing around the internet to avoid spoilers. Yeah. One of my coworkers recently has been binging through the past, um, the past, what, six seasons, uh, on his own, like for the first time. So when I'm at, when I'm at work, I'll, I'll be like, so where are you at? What's happening? And he'll be like, Oh, this happened, this happened, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here. And, every time I'll be like, Ooh, this thing's coming up. I can't tell him about it, but I'm excited to talk to him about it when he gets there. And then, mm-hmm. so then the next time I talk to him, he'll be like, Oh, this happened. i will be like, okay. And then I'm like, wait, so what about this happened? He's like, Oh yeah, that happened like three days ago. And I was like, well, what about this? And he's like, Oh, that yeah, that already got past that. And it's kind of interesting when he binges it, all the big moments that like really stick out to me, it almost feels like for him, he's just blows through it quick enough where I don't know if it, this in and resonates yeah like i don't know if it's made if those moments make as big of an impact when you binge it versus doing week to week and i don't like doing week to week but yeah i just wonder if that has like if
1: if that might be an effect but it's a very good point well and that could also speak then if that is the case and maybe that's a predominant thing i think that maybe just speaks to to how good westworld is and that its reveals and its moments are really psychological and really hit you and i think that that's the resonation is is felt and i think it's re- just did you think about it, your life and just like the loop you're in like i did like and it makes you really stop and go wow like i'm essentially a, a host
0: <laughs> you start thinking about it and that's what makes the show so interesting because these these concepts that can apply to the loop thing is a big one the more obvious on the surface and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it just because I'm more, I'll play, I play more video games and stuff than some people. Maybe it seems more obvious is the, the story loops that NPCs and video games will be on, but then you dig deeper and you, you look at it like you're looking at it where the loop of your life. And it's true. Everybody's in their loops. You go to work, you know, you do have your daily routines, uh, zoom out a little bit. You have your weekly routines, the things you have, you do on the weekends. And so, it's interesting to explore the idea in that way. And that's part of what makes the show so good is there's, it's not even just the loop idea. It's it's like themes of consciousness itself and this and that. And like it explores them, explores these themes in ways that are, um, get you thinking about them from different
1: angles. Well, and, and I think it's important to, I mean, this is something, and you know, like I, I talk to people about the show and I say this and they probably think I sound crazy. I just don't think people are paying enough attention. We're probably only 30 years away from, I believe, realistic touring, testing, passing AI. I think we'll do it. I think we'll accomplish it. And then what? So it really makes you think about the future, too. It doesn't just make you think inward, but it makes you think outward, too. And it really it, not many shows can pull that off anymore. And I really, really appreciate it. And I can't wait to see what they do with the second season. Oh yeah. Obviously, there's so much more to talk about. Though, than we, we talk about William. Uh, the whole, the fact that the show occurs in three different timelines and you don't even know that until like the seventh or eighth episode. I know. Like, oh, so the,
0: so the certain flashbacks are obvious, the very early park or before the sure. park was open, but okay. And I feel a little foolish. I know I'm not the only one, but I want to say a large portion of people might've guessed this, but the, the whole William, um, man in black thing, I I didn't see it coming. No, me either. I didn't see it coming. I was totally blindsided by it. I was like, wait, what? Like it changes. And that's one of those things where it's like, that's a big twist to where after that happened, I immediately started thinking, it's like, I'm going to have to rewatch this and it's going to be a totally different show. Yeah. Knowing
1: that you're seeing uh, when every time now you'll know that when Bernard and Dolores are speaking, it's actually Arnold Mm -hmm. and Dolores speaking. Mm -hmm. Every time that William, when they're really in the thick of it, they you find out that that was thirty years earlier, and that the man in black is William. And that moment when he picks up the hat and you're kind of watching it, you're like, where are they going with this? Oh my God! And he looks looks up, and you're just your mind explodes because it's such a no other show can. Do something like that. They gave, they fed you something and made you think it was happening concurrently, and then a slap you across the face and say, "No, it's thirty years apart." Like, and it's you can do that because the hosts don't age. You forget about things yeah. like that. You think, you think about the fact the hosts are people. They act like people, and so then when you're reminded, no, they're just AI that's being manipulated by Anthony Hopkins. Who can I, did you feel this way every time he talked and looked at people? I saw. Hannibal Lecter like what if oh, Hannibal yeah. Lecter decided not to eat people and instead decided to make a western theme park <laughs> he
0: got into the, like robotics and computer programming instead of uh, y- cannibalism <laughs> and- exactly yeah yeah yeah. again like all I knew is like you know I knew the show was coming I was excited for it but I didn't do any other research into who was in it so I didn't know Anthony Hopkins was in it or Ed Harris what um, a pleasant surprise it was it was <laughs> and I was kind of like, well, he's older. I wonder how much of a role he actually has it. like, he has a major role in it, obviously. And he's really good. And he like chews up the scenery when he's in it. You know
1: what I mean? Like, Oh yeah. I mean, you find yourself watching it. You're just like, I want more Anthony Hopkins. And the fact that we, we lose Anthony Hopkins at the end, which I think was one of the most brilliant, just blew your expectations about what he was doing. The fact that, so when you watch a show, you'll see that the whole narrative of the show is the narrative. That's a word that I'll never use the same way again. <laughs> when I think I think of narrative um, when you find out that this whole new narrative that Robert Ford is planning is actually an uprising of the host against the guests is literally you're just like what? And the whole speech he gives at the end and he ha- and it all works out where Dolores brings the gun and kills him in front of everybody. And she goes, as somebody said, all red wedding on oh, oh, <laughs> the Delos yeah. Yeah. board of directors. Um, it, that, then that show goes from being this like cool sci-fi Western hybrid to now season two is going to be a horror show, like a horror story. I mean,
0: you've got like, robot zombies coming out of the forest. Like
1: yes. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Robot it's, zombies. The look on Ed Harris's face when he gets shot with one mm-hmm. by one, uh when Clementine shoots him, and he looks so happy, like he knows finally I can actually die here and the stakes are raised. Yeah. You know that you, okay. Do you think obviously Ed Harris is still alive, right? They didn't kill him on screen. Mm-hmm. He's gotta still be alive. Uh and I think Elsie is as well, the programmer. Uh-huh. And the Hemsworth, uh, the Hemsworth character, um, Stubbs, Ashley Stubbs, I think is his name, which I laughed cause I knew, a I knew a person, uh, a guy named Jordan Stubbs and it just cracked me up. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I think they're all still alive. I think that that's the cool thing is we're going to see those three people trapped in the park with the hosts. How many guests are in the main area right now? Like so many questions, mm-hmm. so many. questions. also, uh, Maeve like her journey is incredible and then to find out that she's being manipulated by ford that Ford actually coded her to try to escape and then they really start to like towards the end of the season start to push the
0: like well what is it like w- at what point do these hosts or are they actually gaining what's the is it consciousness is that the word um, yeah they're
1: gaining um, like uh, yeah yeah consciousness I think would be fine yeah no yeah that'd actual be uh, yeah So that's kind of
0: interesting to think about because, uh, what'd you say? Yeah. Maeve, it seems like she definitely has achieved consciousness way early. Um, she's more aware than any of them, including Dolores, who's actually kind of a mess through most of it. Like her, her, she's real scrambled up, but when you get towards the, towards the end where, like you said, it turns out she's still being like manipulated. She's still programmed to get to a certain point at one point, Bernard's like even reading the stuff that she's supposed to do when she gets to the mainland, he says, and that's when she's like, you know, no, stop. Like I'm, I'm not being controlled. I'm, I'm in control of this. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's still like playing out a plot line, right?
1: He's uh, Ford uses her and the two other uh, criminal characters, a host to cause a distraction Uh to make sure that the security team at the main headquarters doesn't, make wind of what's going down over at the board meeting it's it's brilliant really and in j- the analogy that ford makes before he dies to um mozart or um openheim like saying that they didn't die that they just became music and he says i hope you enjoy the song it's so cool yeah that is yeah not to not to even mention the amazing use of the sh- of shakespeare and so much of it and the and the and the quote these violent delights have violent ends is just such a awesome quote and the way they use it to thread the entire season together
0: so when okay so it definitely seems like maves achieving consciousness is when she decides to get off the train
1: does it though or like that's the big question to me is like i i want it to as far is... as
0: we know she was programmed to do all of that and to reach the mainland and her deciding to get off the train as far as we know of course obviously the show manipulates the viewer just as much as Anthony Hopkins is manipulating the host and the other human workers. Yeah. But it seems like her decision to get off the train is the first time she's for going against what she's programmed to
1: do. Sure. I, and I hope so. I hope that's the case because I think the idea of all these other hosts in the park are not going to necessarily be conscious of their own who they are yet they're going to just be following along the new story that they're being told to do. Maeve could be the one host in the park who actually helps the guests. Like Maeve might be the rebel like that rebels against Dolores. Like season two could be Maeve versus Dolores (laughs) before the end of it. I mean, this could get really cool and crazy.
0: It would be pretty cool. Actually. You want to go to Shogun world too? Oh man, (laughs) I do. (laughs) I was so excited when I seen that. So in the original movie, (laughs) in the original movie, there's Westworld, There's also like Roman world and, and some other, some other world. So there's other themes. There was actually a sequel to the movie, which is not very good called future world where it's like, um, well, future world. But, uh, (laughs) but I was so excited when they, when they had like, yeah, you go into that room and it's like, they do have other themed
1: worlds. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, how many are there? Is that the first one? Like, what else is there? Like, I really want to know. Like, that could be so fun if you have a, a show where they could just running through worlds and trying to get away from hosts that are turning against everyone. I would totally like, go it's... to Shogun World, to feudal <laughs> yeah. feudal world. I don't know what they would call it, but I would go there. feudal Japan world. Uh, I want to go to there. <laughs> what was I going to bring up here? This like the show presents so many fun fun questions. Do you think Ford's really dead? like I hope I hope so cuz I think that death would really be cheap and if 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 a host if that was a host and the real Robert Ford was still alive.
0: Oh yeah, I do. I do. I mean you man, you have a good point though. I do though. I think he is and as far as I know, and this might be wrong because I don't know who's all signed on for the next season, but I know that um he was not okay up to recently. But that's not to say, I mean they could do crazy
1: well, and it's not to say that Anthony, swapping, Anthony Hopkins... Basically. That's very true. But Anthony Hopkins also doesn't sound like the type of guy that's going to sign on for multiple years of a TV show. He's going to hang back and be like, how much do you want me? Oh,
0: yeah, <laughs> like, that's true. That's true.
1: <laughs> not only am, so,
0: I, am I Anthony Hopkins, I'm also getting up there. P- yeah, exactly. Pony up. you got
1: to pay Pay up for that. Oh, absolutely. Well, I think Anthony Hopkins has earned it. Like, it blows my mind that he was in the show to begin with. Yeah. Like, I think that's a. it's a great, great... One of the, like everything he does is awesome like i can't really think of anything anthony hopkins has ever done that would be bad but this really was outside of the box of what i thought anthony hopkins would do at this stage in his career
0: so you asked me did i ask did i ask did you get to answer the question who's your favorite character um like to be
1: honest, 40, 40 minutes later <laughs> yeah no kidding Uh, There's so many that are really that really stand out. But honestly, I really enjoyed Maeve like she her journey is a lot of fun. Yeah, Uh, especially the twist at the end of where you realize you thought you were on this like coming of consciousness story with her. And then she finds out that she wasn't. But yeah, close seconds, Bernard. Uh, The the story of Bernard just blows my mind. Uh, That was so much fun to me. Uh, So do
0: you think Dolores finally broke her loop? Because killing Ford seems like just repeating what she'd already
1: done. Mm -hmm. I agree with you on that one. It makes me wonder because Dolores, I feel like one thing I want to point out, how wild is it that this whole show really centers around Ford having to wait for 30 years for Dolores to snap again? Right? Wow. Long game yeah like seriously, the longest con in the history, like the crazy thing that makes that that keeps me up at night thinking about this show is essentially the fact that Robert Ford chooses the moment he opens the park that he's going to start working to destroy it. This is essentially why he won't leave is because he knows he has to destroy this park and make sure that this doesn't happen. Like this is going to be his way of proving to the world that these AI uh humanoid droid creatures do not need to be a part of our society, I think. I think that's what he's doing and letting them maybe just take over this place and live here. I don't know. Like who knows what his real theory is, but that's, that's something I really, I think about a lot is like, what's the real purpose behind this last narrative? Is it to give the host this world for themselves or is it to try to show the the guests and the humans that they're not, they shouldn't be dabbling with being God.
0: That's, that's a good point
1: the show made me get really, this show gets heavy. Like I told somebody like that, it's like when you start thinking about all the little things associated with the show and what it means on a broad, like a broad, huge scale, like it really is, gets pretty heavy and it's, it's, it's fun to think about because what happens when humans become God and can create life, then, you know, what's, what's left to conquer until we get conquered. You know, if you believe Western movies, <laughs> we're, we're never going to outlive the machines. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, and that's kind of, that's obviously the threat, because, I mean, I, I want to say Maeve had a, a lot of good lines and dialogue relating to just, like, being better than us, like, mm-hmm. by design, and just our, our programming is the only thing keeping them from surpassing. The hu- and
1: The hubris, the hubris of thinking that humans could, could stop this highly intelligent uh, machine mm-hmm. from developing their own consciousness and becoming far more intelligent than us is that's kind of it's it's funny it's kind of topical hubris (laughs) with mankind right now i think we're all experiencing it in one way or the other right now if you think about it but this show just i think that's why this show pushed boundaries and really made you think because the the real world is getting kind of dark and abysmal and so you start thinking about the future well shoot the future might not be so be so good either i want to also bring up a character that i really 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 enjoyed uh, was Felix, the technician downstairs who got oh, yeah. essentially uh, blackmailed by Maeve the entire time?
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, I thought he really played this really nerdy, scared guy who was just trying to save his own life. And the guy that played Sylvester with him, I love their back and forth. And I thought the guy that played, they just played those characters perfectly. One of them was a complete scumbag, and Felix was a hero. Like, he- Felix was trying to help. Yeah, I agree. I liked him too.
0: Okay, here we'll flip that. What about characters you didn't like? Not necessarily their, their.
1: I mean, I guess it could be uh, actors. Teddy, Teddy, right off the bat, Teddy was lame. I thought <laughs> I just if I wanted to watch Cyclops run around and mope around the <laughs> West, uh, <laughs> the West, you know, like. There's something else he could have been in. I just don't know that I like James Marston as an actor. I, I yeah. don't know that I think he, I don't know that he portrayed the 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 character well. Um, and gosh, that's really about it though. The the only other actor I would say that I didn't care for, I'm not a fan of the guy who played young William. What is it? Something Simpson. Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Simpson. Jimmy Simpson. He's okay. He just, something about him just doesn't do it for me. I really enjoyed Logan. I'm curious to find out what happened to him. That's really about it. Everybody else was knocked it out of the park. That's that's so funny. Yeah, I I kind
0: of, I'm not a fan of Marsden or or Simpson, but I think the show made me like um both of them a bit better. Teddy, I was kind of relieved because it seems like he's going to be a main character. Not that he's not, like there's several main characters, but it seems like he's going to be a strong focus. You come into the park with him, kind of, in mm-hmm. the first episode the first misdirect i guess and then after a certain point he gets shuffled to the side and he he has an important role but not necessarily a big role in the show
1: well i think if you if you look at the way the character responds to uh Del, delight is what i'll call her the delo deloyt Dolores Wyatt the way he looks at her looks as if he is he knows that what she's about to do is wrong. He gives her this look where the, maybe the story next year will be that Teddy doesn't quite agree with Dolores. Um it'll be interesting to see them react too. I mean some of the, they mentioned that some of these characters are probably going to go insane because they're going to have their they're going to have their minds opened up.
0: I really liked in the last episode the party scene when she's got she goes up on the stage with the gun. I actually yeah, I really liked that he's standing there watching her do this again. He looks so pained. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. I I did like that touch that he's really upset about it and that's kind of an another interesting thing is like because they talk a lot about um is it consciousness I can't I think it's consciousness but um when they actually can beca- become I want to say self-aware but like that's not true because i some of them are self-aware before they're considered artificially like fully conscious like what do you think about that that divide because for the most part it seems like a lot of them are I don't know I would consider
1: them living because they're experiencing things they're experiencing emotional things I think that they have to be I mean and that's that'll be I think that's why this this idea concept is so appealing to so many people is that eventually you'd have to decide like no these these people deserve rights. They're thinking. They're they're behaving just like us. Their minds work like ours. Uh, if if this was true, and so they do deserve that same right. And uh, that's going to be the interesting concept here is that the hosts that want to kill the guests really aren't wrong. To them, these are gods. You know, that's one thing I really enjoyed was the theme with um, Hector. Hector S. Esca- uh, oh yeah. He makes the comment several times like these gods are not that great. Like the, the chick with all the tattoos says the same thing. So this idea being that humans were their gods and now they realize they're stronger than their gods. That's very primitive and very primal to, to feel that way and have the ability to do something about it. And that's going to be a really cool topic to explore in the second season. I think I, uh, before we, before I forget, I was looking through the cast here and I want to point out two people that I really enjoyed uh, first was Clifton Collins Jr. as Lawrence um, or Elazo. I thought his performance was really great. Uh, and I like the idea of him being around more in the second season. And then also a guy that you can tell probably wasn't cast in a prominent role at the time because they didn't realize how cool this guy would be. But Stephen Ogg has kind of got a quick brief cameo in a couple episodes. He plays kind of a rough and tumble uh, tavern guy. Um, and right now he's on The Walking Dead. As one of the the main saviors, uh, Simon, and he's also the uh, voice and the mocap inspiration for Trevor Phillips in Grand oh, Theft Auto V. Okay. So I absolutely yeah. love that. I loved I love Steven Ogg. So I'm hoping he has a bigger role in the next season because I think he'll be a slimy piece of crap host <laughs> who's just the idea of the idea of Trevor from Grand Theft Auto being inside of Westworld delights me beyond no beyond all belief.
0: And what a bit! What a fantastic bit of meta casting it is, because they definitely looked exactly. at the Grand Theft Auto series, mm-hmm. finding inspiration for this show. And I love that guy, and he's been
1: popping up in several things I've noticed lately. It, I'm all the first it. time he popped up on The Walking Dead, it was so weird. I'm like, oh god, that's Trevor from Grand <laughs> uh-huh. Theft Auto. It's him. Like, they mo-capped him. That is what that dude looks like. And so yeah, I'm very excited that he'll hopefully get more of a role in season two. They they showed him at the end. I think that was on purpose, is that they probably brought him back in for the finale uh, so they could cast him in season two.
0: Yeah, I hope so, too. He was in... I watched a movie recently. I recommend it. It's on Netflix. He Never Died. It stars... That's the name of the movie. He Never Died. But it stars Henry Rollins <laughs> as... Yeah, right there. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, Henry Rollins. Um, I don't want to say too much about it, but basically... I mean, it's called He Never Died. He's kind of like uh, this quiet uh, immortal. <laughs> but tr- uh, what's his name? Uh, Trevor. I always call him Trevor. That's not the best way to Trevor. do it. But but he's in it. He's totally, you know, it's him. And I love it every time that guy pops up. But also check out He Never Gosh. Died because it's just a good movie. I could watch Henry Rollins play that character from that movie for hours.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Henry Rollins is a cool dude. That sounds great.
0: But yeah, you're right. You're right. And he didn't have a big role in this at all. But I was excited when I seen him in there. I want to say he was like when they had that party and like the, the 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 board members are like, you know, they're shooting like they're supposed to shoot the apple shooting off the head or apple whatever. Off his head. Yeah, yeah. And they just shoot him dead. And it's just they're like ha ha
1: ha. Like such a good moment. But also I was like
0: Trevor's right there
1: yeah going he's going to kill you guys and and oh, they yeah. make sure to show him when dolores is shooting everybody they make sure to show him smiling and going hey and like i think i think trevor's about to take out some board members right there
0: yeah i'm very curious just to, to see where they go with the second season i also like like there's some really interesting world building i mean outside of just mm-hmm. the park like I'm very curious as to what the outside world is like, but I also
1: kind of hope we never see it. Do you subscribe to the theory that I absolutely hate that they're in space? Oh, I have not heard that. Um, Ugh. no, no, they're, clearly, no. They're, they're on an island. They're on an island. It's Michael Crichton. They're on an island.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a good point. Yeah, no, that makes the most sense. And they said mainland.
1: Mm-hmm, exactly. There's so many people out there that think they're on a space station. That's why people have rotations off. I'm like, no, they have rotations off because they have to live in this park for four four months at a time, you know? Like, yeah, they're going to rotate off. I love the idea, too, that some of the people who work there like that. Um, the guy who plays uh, Sizemore, the, the narrative director who doesn't really have an opportunity to be a narrative director. He's just getting hammered at the pool all day because he's so frustrated. So the idea that there's some really soft individuals in the park too, yeah. who are really good. You know, this becomes Jurassic park next season, essentially. I, you know, no, no, uh, and no, like disrespect in saying that like, they're both amazing, amazing properties, but essentially that's what we're looking at here. I mean, that was
0: obviously a Michael Crichton. That's obviously a theme that he, that fascinated him. He's, you know, mm-hmm. he Westworld and Jurassic park are like his,
1: at this, this point, is that. his
0: two big, huge properties that he, he, you know,
1: he had written. This is essentially the part in Jurassic Park when uh, Ian Malcolm looks at um, Richard Attenborough, I can't think of his character's name right now, uh, and says, yeah, but when Pirates of the Caribbean breaks down, the pirates don't eat the tourists. Well, dare I say, several years later, he's proven incorrect. That's so funny because it's been a little while since I watched
0: the series. So for this episode <laughs> for today, I watched some YouTube videos of like recaps and just to In various videos, just to kind of jog my memory, one of them was, like, one of those, like, 50 things you didn't know about Westworld or whatever. Uh Apparently, uh, one of Michael Crichton's original, um, like, inspirations, according to this random YouTube video, so who take it for what it is, you know. Was it Pirates of the Caribbean? Oh, (laughs) how meta? was it?
1: Everything coming full circle there. That would make sense.
0: That would make sense. He's there, and he's looking at these animatronic uh, people, the pirates or whatever, and he's like, that's the whole idea. He's like, well, what if these robots, like, just started attacking us? And that's Westworld. That's, like, where he got his thing. So that's so funny to me.
1: A couple other little things, like, speaking of things you didn't know, uh, things I watched after I watched the series and finished it, obviously I went straight to YouTube and started watching reaction videos and, and theory breakdowns and things like that. One of the things that really blew my mind, and I can't wait to watch it, I didn't even notice it, was that the logo was different during William and Logan's time in the park as compared to current timeline, and I didn't even catch that. little things like the camera uh, somebody pointed out to me, and I can't wait to go back and check it out that when the hosts were in their loop, it was a, a steady cam, uh, a larger shot, but then when the hosts were off their loop, it was shot with a handy with a a, a handheld camera really. Yeah, oh. I did not notice that, but I want to con- I and I can't confirm that. So if that's not true, that's that's just somebody telling me that, but I'm going to go back and watch that for that exact purpose.
0: Oh man, that's real interesting. I hope oh. oh yeah. I I like things I I like things like that and I hadn't caught that. So yeah, that'll make a rewatch very interesting. There was I also didn't notice I mean, I did notice the the Westworld logo change, but I just kind of wrote it off. It's like There were a couple things, I guess I felt a little bit like it doesn't look like anything to me, but um, (laughs) there were a couple things that had to do with the big big time jump between the two narratives, the two main narratives, that I did notice, but I just kind of like shrugged off or just like, well, that's weird. For example, when Dolores gets stabbed when they're at that camp or whatever, and she's got machinery in her, and Uh earlier in the series they had talked about how the earlier um the earlier hosts were more robotic and he he uh ford preferred that there was like an elegance and the only reason they're more like actual humans now is because it's cheaper to manufacture them that way but mm-hmm. Dol- Dolores that got stabbed and there was like machinery in there and i was like yeah that's weird strange but then again yeah, yeah. also but i was kind of like well he did say she's
1: like the oldest one in the park so maybe she actually still has some but Right. Well, and then you start thinking about because exactly because you're challenging yourself. Going, but yeah, but wouldn't they just change her body eventually to repair? Because it would be easier and more cost of you know. So of course they probably do. Yeah, I'm sure if you cut Dolores open in the current timeline, she's made of of the you know biomechanical matter or whatever she's made of. But yeah, those things you start seeing it, but you're just like, well, I'm probably just missing something like i convinced myself yeah like this this doesn't matter because i'm just missing it i missed something along the way uh-huh you know so and they got me every time with that it just i loved it and i love that the maze ends up just being a maze and ed harris is so mad and so upset that he just wasted all this time chasing down a children's toy yeah yeah and the way ford shows up to screw with him like that's what's crazy ford knew everything i think everything the man in black was doing was a, was to help Ford was pushing him to help Dolores get to where she needed to be. Like, it's so like you start thinking about was anybody doing anything on their own or was Ford manipulating everyone, everyone, everybody. And
0: this is one thing, you know, the whole time where, or at least I, I I knew the whole time where when, when the lady from the board is like, obviously conspiring against Ford and they've got this plan, they're going to push him out the whole time. I'm like, they're not going to like, There's no way they're going to succeed at that. Right. That character's just not going to let that happen. But then to the extent in which he's manipulating everybody, like he knew that's exactly what they were doing. And he had this plan for who knows how long all, you know, all the, all the
1: gears clicking away, getting in position, even having Bernard kill himself in the, in the cold storage. So Maeve could come upon him and help him. So he could tell her about her. It's this all it, Ford is like, to me, the coolest character in television in a long time. Uh And, and of course it would be Anthony Hopkins, sir. Anthony Hopkins.
0: I, I do have to say also Ed Harris as the man of black oh, yes. older William. Awesome. Definitely. You know, I younger William. Yeah. I agree with you. I'm not a big fan of the actor. No bad on him. It's just, he's got something about him, but I thought, you know, He was appropriate for the role. It's kind of Marsden the same, but older William,
1: awesome, awesome character. Well, things he did like uh, uh, Lawrence uh, draining his blood to give Marsden's character a transfusion (laughs) later, Uh, things like that. The whole whole thing in the bar when Ford shows up to talk to him and just the, the way they interact together and the whole journey he's on and the way the character finally starts peeling away layers of his, of his hard exterior to talk about his wife. And you start, you start realizing that his wife killed herself because he'd been going to the park for 30 years to see Dolores. Yeah. Like, Whoa, <laughs> like so many of these things are just, the characters have so much grav like gravitas to them. These characters are not small, isolated characters in this story. They're just larger than life. And, I Just I don't know. They're so well acted, and the story is so well told. I feel like I'm absolutely gushing. And I'm sure there's people listening going like, "God, like, <laughs> marry the show if you love it that much." But it really, it really, to me, is what TV can be if you don't allow yourself boundaries and limits. And this show just really nailed it. And I, I don't even know if this show can live up to the the season one and in, in the season two or three.
0: Yeah, I mean. It's a little bit different because I think there's, I guess true detective could have gone anywhere and they did, but like <laughs> just the wrong place, this show can go anywhere, but it also has like certain things that it can obviously latch on to, but you do worry a little bit of like the true detective thing. It's like season one was so awesome and you're so hyped for season two. And then you're just like, wait, what's this? <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> what's this? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's uh sort of how I felt. Uh, With American Horror Story, Uh, to be honest, I really enjoyed season one uh, in the murder house. But then season two um, in the asylum just didn't cut the mustard for me.
0: I, I have the same thing with American Horror Story, but I actually liked season. It carried for me. It carried through season one, carried through into season two. I liked season two. It was bonkers. They threw just everything at the wall. And then like after that. It's when the show really took a nosedive.
1: Like I've heard, I've heard that I should watch Hotel, uh, the Lady Gaga season, and maybe someday
0: I will. I tried. That's actually th- that is actually the season, and that was what last season I dropped off. Like I made it through uh, the the Coven one. Um, I don't know why. Man, that season had a terrible ending. Uh, the Carnival one was okay. Like I think the setting of that kind of like helped helped me get through it. I like the setting. Help me I'll, get through it like it's this big thing. But you know what I mean. I'll just like, watch I'll just watch Carnival speaking dude, of HBO shows. There uh, you go. Like that's I think. I think I I could deal with that season of American Horror Story so well because of the goodwill left over from Carnival. So good. So, mm-hmm. so so sad that show didn't come back.
1: Right. But that
0: actually reminds me of something. Getting back to Westworld. I'm glad this this did well. I'm glad this caught on because HBO poured a ton. They poured a hundred million dollars into the season. Sure. A ton of money. And they're really banking on it because Game of Thrones is ending. So they needed right. their next quote unquote Game of Thrones. And they were really banking on this show. And fortunately at this point, it seems like they've got it. But if you look back at, at Deadwood, great show or Carnival,
1: great show. Rome. Rome. I see. I haven't watched Rome. Was that good? Yeah. I enjoyed Rome. Uh, and then it got cancelled because it cost too much. That's exactly
0: Deadwood cost too much. It got cancelled at least we got like three seasons out of Deadwood. but uh, I imagine it's the same with Carnival, like if they're not getting the viewership, and I don't know how since they're a premium service, like I don't know how they gauge that, but um, if they're not getting the viewership, you know obviously it's like any series they'll they'll can it, but it's like it sucks because their shows are still really good right so i'm I was really glad that this was a success for them because I definitely want to see more of this. They have storylines plotted for, um, at least five seasons worth
1: of stories they said they could do. Oh dear Lord. To be the person who knows that entire story right now would be brilliant. <laughs> I,
0: I have a feeling. So, so season two isn't
1: coming till 2018. I know that was the worst, the worst news ever after I finished the show to be like, when is season two? Not till 2018. I'm like, ugh. This whole year has an opportunity to suck before I get more Westworld, and it's 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 it is a bummer, but plenty of time to tell the right story. Exactly, like I
0: was, I was disappointed, but I I wasn't upset because I was like I could see them needing time to write this. In fact, I guess um you know they were producing while they were producing the season, they had to delay shooting on like the last four episodes so they could finish
1: writing them. Um, mm-hmm. so it's one of those. Yeah, I guess they shut down production for like eight months. Woo! <laughs> I didn't know it was something that like long. That. Wow. Yes. I And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was like eight weeks <laughs> for all I know. No, you, still, you're, even you're eight, probably even eight right. Weeks would, even eight weeks would be rough. You're probably right. I want to say
0: this was pushed back almost like initially it was supposed to uh, start airing the year be- uh, 2015 or something. So that would make sense. If it's going to be quality and that extra time is going to help keep it quality, like I don't mind too much. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, it's not like just some ridiculous reason or some money reason or
1: whatever it's it's a matter of like well they want to make sure this is good well and the great thing is you've got obviously next season hosts versus guests uh season three could be hosts versus hosts uh hosts and guests versus host and guests uh western hosts versus samurai hosts versus caveman hosts whatever you can possibly imagine hosts versus hosts like there's so many directions you can take this show
0: that reminds me one thing i found really i mean because y- I mean, there's conflicts, but you don't have the obvious host versus guest scenario in here. One thing I liked about the younger William and Dolores uh, narrative is you've got guests and hosts together against other guests and hosts together. Mm -hmm. You don't have necessarily that clearly defined line with all the conflicts. A lot of it is in some cases you don't even know their hosts or if they're Mm -hmm. guests or what. It's
1: it's yeah, it's not black and white on any side like yeah well and like i brought up Maeve next season will be very interesting because if mave truly has developed her own consciousness to the point and is so aware of the outside world as she clearly is at this point how will she behave inside westworld again trying to find her daughter if that is her daughter do- you know what park is her daughter in what park is park one you know mm-hmm. who knows where mave is maybe mave's in a completely different world maybe they re uh, Re, uh, reassign her daughter to another park. There's so many things they could do in this show and directions they could take it. And it's, uh, it's very exciting. And I just, like I, I said, I hope they can maintain the momentum and maintain the same story and importance to detail that I think season one had plus have the the good music. I think we glossed over it, but uh, house of the rising sun radiohead. I heard back to black by Amy Winehouse. Uh, so many contemporary songs, uh being played on the old timey uh self-playing pianos in the in the bars and uh watering holes
0: and just have oh just even just having the player piano there
1: at all and having that itself like plays start, into the theme well and even the way the player piano uh started your day you knew when you heard that that song I can't remember what song it is but that was the start of a new day like somebody was starting their loop again outside
0: of the player piano this is kind of the obvious first one that it's like in the the show's orchestral score itself—the reworking of uh, "Paint It Black," yeah—during uh, that first big, like the bank heist thing or whatever. Yep. Yes, it was. I was like, "What? Why? What is this?" Um, but it was—it was—it was good. It was so good.
1: Oh yeah, the, uh, there's a uh, soundtrack available on iTunes right now. I've had to stop myself from buying several times this week.
0: I know a lot of the stuff's on Spotify too. Like, I hate to say, like you know just go stream it on Spotify where people get chump change. But you know, if you, if you can't justify spending the money
1: on it just yet, Spotify, I think it's on there too. There you go. Now I will not say it has the best theme of the year. That still goes to stranger things. The theme song to stranger things was the best. (laughs) You're not going to get any argument out of me there because that's right up my alley. Yeah. Uh, We'll have season two of that to tide us over till we get season two of Westworld at least Mm -hmm. Uh, season two of stranger things coming out this summer. Right.
0: I I have a feeling it'll be more towards fall, but I could be wrong. I'm not sure. Actually, I'm sitting at a computer looking at a monitor. <laughs> Let me look it up.
1: I mean, it would be cool to have that around Halloween time. I'd be okay with that. They can put whatever money they would have put into a season two of the OA into season two of Stranger Things. <laughs> so I'm intrigued by OA.
0: OA. One thing I really like is that it's weird. They're doing different things, and I like that Netflix. I mean, even when, even when they do the superhero stuff, they go on a limb and do it in a strange way. I like that they are willing to produce kind of off-the-wall uh, a series. Like, even Stranger Things, even though, like, to us it may seem like a no-brainer. Like, of course this is going to be good. But Right, right. Like, even Stranger Things is something that every, like, they... Had, I think they HBO been sh-
1: passed on it, right? Yeah,
0: they had been shopping it around to, like, every network they could. And everybody passed on it, because they're like... You know several reasons I'm 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 sure, but you know that maybe the setting. But I guess a big thing was like it's a show about kids, but that it's not for kids. And they're like, well, I mean, you know, yeah. And that alone is such a weird thing. Is was a big sticking point. So I don't know. Even Stranger Things is kind of a gamble, even though it seems.
1: Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. And I read that same stuff, but I they failed to believe in the power of the member berries. With Stranger Things, and that's the the brilliance of Stranger Things is it hits you and all the member berries while also giving you an original story. Mm-hmm. And I guys. think that <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I remember, I remember Dungeons and Dragons. Oh yeah, yeah I remember. <laughs> but no, I mean Stranger Things really, and that's uh, to me. I, you bring up a really good point about Netflix, and I think HBO is starting to realize that in a way. You can take a gamble because people are going to watch your shows regardless <laughs> you've kind of got carte blanche with me where you put out something on netflix that looks even the remotely even slightly entertaining i'm gonna watch it What well, that that documentary series about the the criminal oh, that was on yeah year, to, to making a murderer man i was hooked that was the first time i've ever been hooked on a reality-based docu docuseries Like that, like I'll watch those and I'll watch like one every once in a while and I'll enjoy it, but never binge watch. And I binge watch Making a Murderer. So Netflix has my goodwill uh, for sure, especially with all the Netflix stuff. Uh, So I'm curious what uh, 2017 will hold as we get Iron Fist and uh, the Defenders late in the year, I believe. Uh,
0: So as of December, a couple of articles, all they say is probably summer 2017. So you're right. Okay. Definitely, 2017. Probably summer is what I keep saying. Seeing. Oh, here's something more recent. What to look forward to in 2017 on Netflix? Better Call Saul season three. Okay. Did Netflix? I start? never got it. I never got into that. I watched. I have a, yet to watch it. An episode I or two. Um, and then I just fell off. Is that going? Is that becoming a Netflix original, or are they just picking it up? I don't know. Um. Iron Fist. Iron Fist is in, I'm very curious about because he has had he's like hasn't appeared in any of the shows. Like Yeah. They didn't do the usual like everybody's pretty much springboarded. I mean, I guess maybe not Jessica Jones, but Jessica Jones had a lot of characters or a couple characters from Daredevil. From Daredevil. Yeah. And then Luke Cage was a big character in Jessica Jones Jessica and springboarded Jones. that, but but this guy, although I have a feeling
1: will get a lot of characters in Iron Fist that have been in right. other things. I know carrie Ann Moss is signed on for Iron Fist. She's in it. Uh, uh, um, Hogarth. I can't think of her character's first name. Um, She's in it. I'm very, very excited for Iron Fist because it will, I feel, be a very original tale. We're going to get some very outside-the-box action for a, a TV show, especially for a comic book TV show. But I'm also we talked a lot about music. I just got to point out the soundtrack for Luke Cage was literally the, the, I'm going to sound, I'm going to sound lame when I say this, but it was the, the use of the term. It was lit. I think would be appropriate. (laughs) Oh man. Luke Cage. I have watched that one twice
0: already. Mm -hmm. I loved it. I want to say, and not to start us a whole other conversation, because we should probably wrap this here pretty soon, but we got to do some Luke Cage talk
1: sometime. I think Jesse just finished it like on Christmas. So absolutely. I'm way down. (laughs) Now the, the music though, to point out, uh, they, they use music in such a powerful way. Like some of those scenes were very, very much. The reason that show is so good is because of the musical choices. And I want to thank that show for uh, turning me on to the rapper Jadena. I don't know if you remember the scene where, um, the, the main villains standing up in his club and, uh, He's singing Long Live the Chief, I'm, like looking up at him. It's just such a cool moment with the, the, the audio cues and just mm-hmm. the way it's set up. Uh, I got hooked on that song. Um, there's so many amazing artists in this, in this show. I just thought they really nailed that culture uh, and, that, uh, and that background uh, You know, of, of the American journey of, of being from Harlem. I really think they, they, they got the sound and the vibe right. I was not expecting that says the, at all. says the white guy from Iowa who knows nothing about Harlem, but I, that's, what I think, that's what I think it would be like. Uh, they, they nailed it, and I loved it.
0: I think Luke Cage is my favorite of the Marvel Netflix stuff.
1: What do you think of the Ghost Rider stuff? On, um what is it, Agents of... Ag- Sh-
0: yeah. I haven't seen it. I oh. uh, I
1: never got past season one of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I just jump into this Ghost Rider season. Yeah? It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. is just it? Just jump in. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> just know that uh sky becomes daisy johnson becomes quake she is on the run and then ghost rider shows up boom that's all you need to know <laughs> oh nice okay cool cool <laughs> everybody else uh everybody else is sad and, and oh and uh colson has a fake hand that's all
0: oh he's Everything got a fake
1: else. hand you can you can jump on oh and life model decoys in in this as well there's some really cool stuff going on, on agents of shield okay all right I highly recommend just jumping in this season. <clears throat> if you have any questions, feel free to message me and I can explain whatever you're you're asking. There's, there may be some things that you'll be like, wait, what? And I can fill those gaps in because this season has been phenomenal. That's my recommendation. You came to listen to me talk about Westworld, but I'm telling you, go watch the Ghost Rider season so far of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's been great. And it's It's going to tie in, I think, to... It ties into Doctor Strange a little bit. And I think it's going to tie uh, into Thor Ragnarok a little bit as we move forward. And there's even rumors that it could tie into bringing the alien symbiote into the Marvel Universe, which, of course, would lead to the uh, debut of Venom and Carnage. So just saying you could be missing out. <laughs> All right. I'm sold, man. Yeah, I'll check it out. I'll check it out. I'm not getting paid anything by Marvel to say that. But <laughs> I, I feel like there's enough people out there that... Dump on Agents of Shield, and I'm not saying you you are, because believe me, that first season was rough until the Hydra reveal, Mm -hmm. and even then, some of the choices in the last couple seasons have been weird, but I've I've kept it up because I'm such a fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and right now, this show is taking a taking a 180, and it's it's totally a show worthy of being a part of that universe right now. Also, I don't want to get canceled, so that's probably why I'm campaigning for it right now. (laughs) I'm I'm a little I'm. People must have
0: been sticking with it. I'm a little surprised it hasn't yet, not to jinx it, but <laughs> i'm I'm what season are they on then? uh this would be
1: season four, four. I believe, yeah,
0: I would not have expected it to get
1: to season four, so they, they cancelled agent Carter, and um, I think there's a uh Thunderbird series coming maybe to somewhere to family, I don't know some weird channel. And there's still rumors of the the show about the cleanup crew of the Marvel, of the Marvel universe as well. But uh, I'm really looking forward to Spider-Man and everything. I think this world's about to open up huge. Uh, it's going to be really fun as long as Marvel didn't screw it up. And so far so good. All right. Well,
0: I think we could keep talking forever. So <laughs> I appreciate you jumping on here to talk to me about the talk to me about this stuff.
1: I appreciate you letting me. I knew that we would have a really good conversation. I, I, I remember you telling me to watch it and so I the moment I was done I got a hold of you. I gosh, it was so good. Thank you for the recommendation.
0: Oh yeah. Well, you know, yeah, we had talked about it and at one point I'd seen you uh, post, you know, is it worth getting HBO now to check this out? And then the other day, um, just well, as of recording this, I think this will go up a little bit later, but as of recording this, just the other day you must have finished it. I literally was like looking at one of your tweets. You did the Shakespeare quote from Westworld. Um <laughs> You quoted Westworld quoting Shakespeare. I was like, all right, I'm glad he liked it. I clicked like, and then like a couple seconds later, you tweeted me on my personal account asking (laughs) if, you know, saying we should talk about it. And I was like, I'm on board,
1: man. (laughs) Oh man, I've never, a show's never made me want uh, to sit and talk about it for an hour and a half like this before. It's really a groundbreaking show. And one that I think a lot of people are watching. If you're, if you're, I think, I'll say this. I still like The Walking Dead. But if you're a fan of The Walking Dead, who's disenfranchised by the show, uh, you're not going to watch anymore. Here's the show to replace it for you. This show is about to blow your expectations out of the water.
0: God, and it looks so good. It's so well
1: made. It really is. Jonathan Nolan is a genius. Obviously, you got J.J. Abrams handprints all over this thing. If you're a fan of Lost, I think you're going to love this show. I think this is a show that could become the big the big next one. I really you're 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 hundred percent right that HBO needs a new Game of Thrones and I think this is it. I, I think we're we're watching the the beginning of something really special. Hopefully. Fingers crossed.
0: And something I didn't know looking through some of the uh Wikipedia stuff on it today. Um Ed Brubaker, who is a comic book writer, writes some very good stuff. Yeah. He wrote some X-Men. He um wrote a couple at least Co-wrote a couple episodes and was also kind of like a script supervisor on the series. Um, okay, just a lot of talented people involved with it,
1: so it's, it's oh, no absolutely. surprise it came out so well. But you can, I think, if they have this thing plotted out for five seasons, that's even better because they're going to keep on a straight focus. They're going to know their end game and they're going to know what's important and what's not important and and getting there. Uh, so that's encouraging. That's encouraging a lot.
0: Yep. So long as people keep watching it, they'll keep making it and. Yeah. Go ahead
1: go ahead and just subscribe to HBO now. Just subscribe to HBO. Go get it. Don't steal it. Go out and get it so things like this don't go away. You know, you look at I, I'm gonna be on my soapbox one last time today. You look at things like Kick Ass 2. That movie was great, but there won't be a Kick Ass 3 because nobody went and paid for it. Nobody went and saw it. So, you know, go out and see it and, and go out and pay for, for Westworld. I'll definitely be buying the, the the Blu-ray uh to have. I want that uh that to add to my collection. Uh, as well as, uh, you know, I, I probably will still only subscribe to HBO Go for like a month after it all airs. And then I'll watch <laughs> it then. But, uh, but still, I'm paying 15 bucks for it. So
0: Yeah, I was, I, I'll throw on that I was hesitant. Like, I didn't want to, I hate paying for cable. It's so expensive. So I really campaigned for, well, not like I went out and campaigned for, but I really was hoping HBO eventually would get with the times and offer their own standalone streaming service. They're of the streaming services I subscribe to. They're the most expensive. So I was a little, little hesitant about that because I was like, they have like a couple of good shows I like and sure they'll have some movies, but is it worth it? And they actually have a ton of good shows. Like I haven't mm-hmm. been disappointed so far and I've, mm-hmm. I've been subscribed for, for a while. Um, so it's worth it. And it, if anything, you know, like, like Dustin said, uh, do it for a month, binge those shows and then come back later.
1: Mm-hmm. That's worth it. And I think, uh, paying for the services, we, we complain a lot about wanting the option, wanting to get our own cable where we can just pick and choose the channels that we can get. Well, here, HBO is giving you the option mm-hmm. to just get HBO. <laughs> so you don't need, you don't need a, you know, a $50 direct TV package to get HBO anymore. So let's not, a uh, let's not ruin it by being a bunch of greedy jerks. Yep. Yep. All right, where can people where can people find you? Uh they can find me on Twitter at smohawk and on Instagram at smohawk and uh go over and follow us at pro wrestling IA on Twitter and like us on Facebook Pro Wrestling Iowa. Uh got a lot of new stuff coming out. We're we're uh splitting off the the main show into two different shows. We'll have a rated R show for the older listeners. Uh, a couple uh talents from Impact Pro Wrestling with our Luke Raven are going to sit around and uh, drink for a couple hours and put out some 30 minute episodes of the rated R wrestling show. Oh, so that's, nice. uh, I'm really, really looking forward to that. The, uh, the two guys we got Justin Decent and malice. Uh, I know them pretty well outside of, of the ring and they're two of the funniest, but also two of the most uh, foul mouth dudes I've ever met. So I'm really, really looking forward to what, uh, what they have to say around the, the card table while they pound back a couple of brews. That'll be a good one.
0: Thanks again for joining me.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks to everybody else for listening. We'll be back uh, first Monday of next month. Thank you for listening to the Grolux Podcast. The Grolux Podcast is a production of the Electronic Media Collective and Vorpal Arrow Studios. For more Grawlix Podcasts, check out GrawlixPodcast.com. Also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, YouTube, the Electronic Media Collective.com. Facebook.com slash Podcast, Twitter.com slash Growlicks Podcast, all slash all the Growlicks Podcasts. Here we go. Hold on. P- post Post credits. Uh, uh, Dustin just uh, pointed out
1: sentient. Totally the sentient. word. We were missing consciousness. A word word that should have a sentient should have been probably the most used word on this podcast. (laughs) I don't think either of us at any point said the word sentient. Nope.